San Francisco Giants top target Aaron Judge wins the MVP award last night in the American League, and he spoke to the media about the process for potentially finding a new team. So we're going to read into what he said and discuss today's big tender slash non-tender deadline next. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspic, and on this show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. And where we start, there were just some interesting comments with, uh, with Aaron Judge winning the MVP in, award in the American League last night. Not a surprise after the season he had. And some of the stuff he said just really stood out to me. When he was asked about, you know, his free agency, which is the biggest story in the sport right now. And what he said, first of all, was, quote, my ultimate most important thing is I want to be in a winning culture and be on a team that's committed to winning. First and foremost, it's just about being in a winning culture. Now, the next thing he said was, quote, I don't know how fast it's going to go or how slow it's going to go, but there are teams we've talked to for me if we're going to build a winning team, if I can get myself out of the way so they can move on or add some more pieces, I think that's an advantage. And end quote. And it's just super interesting to me to hear him say that because, you know, we discussed yesterday there was a mailbag question about when is the earliest Aaron Judge would sign and are guys like Carlos Correa and Trey Turner likely to sign before Aaron Judge? And hearing comments like this from Judge make me lean towards saying Judge will perhaps be one of the earliest major players to sign. And it's like classic Aaron Judge. It's kind of a selfless mentality where he wants to get himself out of the way on whatever team he goes to. And, you know, those comments stand out to me in large part because a team like the Yankees is possibly just a little bit more already built as a strong contender, the Giants would have more work to do, as we also discussed yesterday, like with Carlos Rodon currently a free agent, even if you bring in Judge, there's still more to do to get back to just being better than last year even. I think bringing in Judge would more or less make them somewhat equivalent, a little bit better, but Rodon was really, really good, and Judge figures to be really, really good, and just you'd be kind of replacing one with the other. I get it, Judge had a much better season, but still Rodon finished sixth in Cy Young voting. So that's a big hole. But anyway, for Judge to say to get, I want to get me out of the way so that they can move on or add some pieces. So what he means is move on for the team that doesn't get him. And what's interesting is I've heard uh, Brian Cashman, the Yankees general manager, talking about how he hoped that if Judge ends up signing elsewhere, that the decision would come quickly. He basically just said, 
we hope he is able we're hope we hope we're able to sign him quickly because you know if it drags on and a team like misses out on everyone else and he's the last one to sign and then he leaves the Yankees and goes somewhere else for example that could kind of wreck their offseason and so it's a very selfless mentality I may have said selfish earlier if I did I definitely meant selfless mentality for Aaron Judge to say I want to get myself out of the way because he wants to be on that winning team and it what's what stood out to me that I was trying to say earlier was that he like he understands that on a team like say the Giants if you get himself out of the way if he gets himself out of the way the Giants could then go out and add the additional pieces necessary and that's more important to him than dragging it on and getting like every last dollar and cent that he possibly could it's more important to him to if he were to leave New York that's what stands out like this if he were to leave New York and go to a team like I don't really see him going anywhere else other than the Yankees or the Giants that's kind of how I see it right now I guess a team could just blow him away with an offer but I don't know this these comments make me think that it's more likely than it has been. I mean, it, I, uh, these comments make it seem like the Giants are a real possibility for him. And when when he says his ultimate goal is winning, a lot of people I saw kind of online commenting and saying, oh, that rules out the Giants. I think that's malarkey. They clearly are committed to winning, in my opinion. Like They're not one of these teams that goes through these cycles where they just tear it down and put out non-competitive teams. They're trying to win each and every year. The rhetoric coming out from their team is nothing but we want to put the best team we possibly can have out there in 2023. We're not ex- it's not acceptable how 2022 went. And it was a 500 year. It's like, you know, plenty of teams lose a lot more than the Giants lost in 2022 on a consistent basis. And then, you know, from afar if you're Judge or whoever in the game, you recognize that this team won 107 games two years ago. And I think a lot of fans sometimes write off the 107 wins for some reason, but players understand you don't just kind of fluke your way to 107 wins. Clearly, there's something there, some kind of capability to put together a good team. And Judge himself gets you a long way towards being a really good team. And so, I don't know, I just thought this was interesting. It it makes me think two things. Number one, he, I would put money on the the odds of him signing by the end of the winter meetings as more likely than not. And possibly he's one of these guys who signs before the winter meetings. And then number two, like I said, I think it makes me think that the Giants, I mean, I've already thought of them as a realistic possibility, but this just kind of sounds like he's talking about the Giants when he's mentioning, you know, adding more pieces around him potentially to make themselves that excellent team that they aim to be. So coming up in just a minute, we'll shift our attention to the fact that today is the tender slash non-tender deadline. The Giants have nine remaining cases. They settled one of their arbitration cases yesterday, Scott Alexander. So we'll get to that, talk about the other guys who need to be dealt with here, like Logan Webb and Mike Yastrzemski in just a minute. But before we get into that, betonline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball to soccer and esports. We've got it all at BetOnline. And as you know, by now, one of my favorite things at BetOnline is their uh, 
MLB offseason odds. They continue to have the Giants as the most likely team to land Aaron Judge if he leaves the Yankees. Also, the last I saw over under on the new contract for Aaron Judge at Bet Online is $375 million. And I say take the under on that. As good as Aaron Judge is, I don't think he's going to get $375 million simply because he's already 31 years old. All of the predictions that we've seen kind of come in are much lower than that in the 300s, but not 375. So you can check out that and much more at Bet Online, where it's always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, as promised, we are going to discuss the tender deadline here. I'm kind of like refreshing Twitter as I talk about this because the Giants, this is a day of news and I tried to wait as long as possible, but the deadline is, I believe, 5 p.m. Pacific time and we're not going to be able to wait that long. And so it was time to record, even though we haven't had any major news on this front for the Giants today. But by the end of the day, we're going to hear about a lot of players and I think there's always a little bit of confusion about what this day is about. They don't need to come to official terms with all of these players. They just simply need to say, we tender you a contract or we don't tender you a contract. And then the salaries would be to be determined and it can take months to determine the salaries. But under this front office, which is now what, the fifth offseason of this front office, they have had a consistent track record of coming to terms on salaries, thus avoiding arbitration with pretty much all of their arbitration eligible players. There have been some exceptions. Donovan Solano actually went all the way to an arbitration hearing, which he lost. Giants won. But really, there's no real winners when you go to an arbitration hearing because you're going in there and talking about why the player shouldn't get the money that they want. So that's never fun. And that's why it's a good idea to avoid arbitration but this is not a deadline to avoid arbitration. You can avoid arbitration all the way up until right before an arbitration hearing, and those don't take place until, I think, February. And so this is simply like you can non-tender players and then you you cut ties. But if you tender them a contract, you're kind of obligated to proceed with the process that eventually results in them getting a salary. If you guys can't agree to what that salary is, it goes to an arbitration hearing and you know a neutral panel decides whether to pick the number that you suggested that they should be paid or whether to pick the number that the player's representation suggested that they should be paid. And it's based on precedent and salaries are kind of held down below market value. And so it's a it's a crazy process, but we go through it every year. And the Giants, they have a lot of arbitration eligible players right now. And they include Mike Yastrzemski, Logan Webb, J.D. Davis, Jacob Junis, Austin Slater, Tyro Estrada, John Brebbia, Tyler Rogers, Lamont Wade Jr., and Scott Alexander. Now, yesterday, we learned that Scott Alexander and the Giants reached a one-year deal to avoid arbitration. So, Alexander is officially signed for 2023. There was some confusion earlier in the offseason about whether or not he was a free agent. He never was. It was a mistake. I don't know really, don't really know what happened there. But, you know, Alexander, lefty reliever, really good with the Giants in the month of September was good in his career before dealing with some injuries over the last few seasons and the Giants picked him up uh, and he showed well he's got this power sinker uh, gets the, keeps the ball on the ground at a tremendously high rate so you know they they DFA'd Harleen Garcia recently 
uh, when they had to add players to the 40 man, he was one of the casualties of the 40 man to get those guys onto the 40 man. And Garcia, lefty reliever, kind of gets replaced here by Scott Alexander. And they also have Thomas Zapucky, and they debuted Alex Young with the Giants last year. And so there has been some turnover in the pen. But anyway, there's a lot of arbitration cases. And one of the more interesting cases is Logan Webb. It's his first year of arbitration eligibility. As I said, they don't need to reach a salary today, but there's a decent chance that they will. Although actually, there's also a decent chance that they won't. And here's why. Because Logan Webb is an extension candidate. And when you're an extension candidate, it's probable that they're trying to work out an extension that's not just for 2023, but for more than that. Because for Webb, this is his first of three years of arbitration eligibility. And so from a team perspective, you start to worry at this point in time about a player who's homegrown and really good reaching free agency. He's three years away from that, three full seasons of team control remaining. But also, would you like Logan Webb for more than three years? And as a team, if you believe he's going to stay healthy and continue to be productive, the answer is obviously yes, you would like him for more than three years. And if you're Logan Webb, you are guaranteed essentially a 2023 contract, but that's it. And so the arbitration estimate for Logan Webb in his first year here is just $4.8 million. So if you're Webb, you could go year to year and essentially in 2023, guarantee yourself around $5 million when all is said and done. But it's appealing the idea of an extension because what the Giants would do in an extension is buy out at least all three of their arbitration years, most likely. So you're you're going to give them, say, $5 million in 2023, say, $10 million in 2024 and $13 million in 2025. And then the Giants would potentially buy out some arbitration years or give themselves a couple of club options in his arbitration years. And so for Webb, you get the security of more guaranteed money in exchange for below market, perhaps uh, free agent years being bought out. And if you're the Giants, you put on the risk, you take on the risk of guaranteeing a player years of a salary when they otherwise weren't guaranteed of anything and they have to go year to year. And that's the downside. But the upside is you get more years of a good, homegrown, talented player. So that's really interesting to follow. And actually, Alex Pavlovich of NBC Sports Bay Area wrote a story today that basically says that he knows from sources with the team that the Giants and Webb, this is a quote actually, per sources, the Giants and Webb's side have already had, uh, already have had preliminary discussions about what a long-term extension would look like. Both sides are committed to getting it done at some point, but they will need to find the right comp for Webb who could be the first Giants pitcher to sign a long-term extension since Matt Kane and Madison Bumgarner in 2012. So this is a big deal, kind of buried in the news cycle today, that the Giants and Webb have had preliminary, preliminary discussions and that both sides are committed to getting it done. That's a big deal because Logan Webb, obviously really good. You wouldn't want to lose him after three more years. The risk is like, okay, he could regress, he could get hurt, and then you've promise some years. But Webb is good enough that it's absolutely worth the risk. He's good. He's young. He's homegrown. He wants to be here, evidently. And so, look, there's no deadline of today to get this done. But 
the clock starts ticking and the closer the player gets to free agency, the more they start to think, hmm, I should just maybe get to free agency when the best deal will be out there for me. Webb, by the way, is 26 years old. Happy birthday, Logan Webb. He turns 26 today. And yeah, over the last couple of years, Logan Webb has put together a 2.96 ERA, a 2.90 fielding independent pitching in 340 and two-thirds innings in the regular season, 8.3 fan graphs wins above replacement. He's just become a really good above-average pitcher. Maybe not like one of the top 10 pitchers in the game, but certainly one of the better pitchers in Major League Baseball. So, And he's young, and he likes to be here. He's local from the area. Grew up an A's fan, but we can forgive him for that. And uh, yeah, now he's on the Giants, and they're not going to let him go anytime soon. So anyway... That's what's to come today. We'll find out a lot more by the end of the day. And coming up in just a minute, there's other teams. Like every other team is dealing with this. And by the way, I expect the Giants to tender contracts to all nine of those remaining players. But plenty of teams are going to non-tender guys. And what that means is they get released into free agency and they're free agents. And so it can spur trades and it can spur significant players reaching free agency like how about Cody Bellinger so we're going to get into specifically the case of Cody Bellinger and if he would be a fit for the Giants if he gets non-tendered or could they even trade for him today we'll discuss it in just a minute but before we do if you've thought about securing your home with home security but you've been putting it off you're going to want to listen up because right now locked on giants listeners can order the number one rated simply safe home security for 50 percent off this is the biggest offer of the year and you won't want to miss it i use it and i love it i've talked about this a lot but the app is extremely easy to use and i love being able to check in on my home anytime if i'm away uh, with crystal clear hd quality cameras And in an emergency, 24-7 professional monitoring agents use FastProtect technology exclusively from SimpliSafe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get priority police response. Don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system that I recommend. Get 50% off any new SimpliSafe system at simplisafe.com slash LockedOnMLB. This is their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. There's no safe like Simply Safe. All right, as promised, the case of Cody Bellinger, the curious case of Cody Bellinger, it is it is a fascinating case, perhaps more than anything else. As I continue to check Twitter, still no Giants news as of this moment. But for Cody Bellinger. When I look on fan graphs right now, he's the number one trending player, and there's good reason for it. And that reason is there's a decent chance that something happens with Cody Bellinger today by 5 p.m. Pacific time. Either he gets traded and another team inherits his one remaining year of team control in which he has a projected salary. Again, these are not guaranteed salaries, but eventually they'll be figured out and you know, he should be able to make about $18 million is the projection by MLB trade rumors. So either he gets traded by this deadline, because then, you know, the the rationale would be that the Dodgers don't want to have to take that on because of how bad he's been over the last couple of years at the plate, which we'll get to in a second. But the other possibility, if they can't find a trade and they don't want him at around $18 million, 
the Dodgers would non-tender Cody Bellinger and thus make him a free agent. And that would be unprecedented in a lot of ways, given he's 27 years old and he's just a few years removed from uh, in 2019. He was the MVP of the National League. He put up a 161 weighted runs created plus 7.7 Fangraphs wins above replacement. Just looked on his way to being one of the very best players in Major League Baseball. And in fact, that year, he arguably was the best, at least in the National League. I mean, he won the MVP award, hit 47 home runs that year, stole 15 bases. Strikeout rate, we think of Cody Bellinger as a strikeout guy. Strikeout rate that year, by the way, was 16.4%, which is super low. But, huge but, which is funny sounding, but uh, Bellinger in the 2020 postseason, in the COVID postseason year, celebrating a home run, did one of those like Mark McGuire, Jose Canseco uh, forearm bump moves with a teammate, can't remember who it was, and dislocated his shoulder. I don't know the exact like terminology for what exactly the injury was. I think it was just a dislocation, but it was pretty bad and, and it required surgery. And he simply has not been the same guy ever since. In 2021, the dude had a 47 weighted runs created plus, which means literally about 53 percentage points below major league average offense. He hit 165 with a 240 on base and a 302 slugging like What's going on here is I don't think people quite are grasping just how bad Cody Bellinger has been at the plate over the last couple of years. Because last year, following up that miserable 2021, going into 2022 at age 26, he was certainly kind of a buy low in fantasy baseball leagues, in real life, if he was available. I was betting on Cody Bellinger to have a big rebound. A, a year further removed from the shoulder surgery, blah, blah, blah. But he followed it up and was really bad again. He hit 210, 265 on base percentage, uh, 389 slugging, 83 weighted runs created plus. Good in the field, good on the bases. So that's the one thing he has going for him. He did hit 19 homers, steal 14 bases, but getting on base just at a 265 rate is miserable. And so if you look at the two years combined since that shoulder injury, he's hit 193, he's got a 256 on base. He's got a 355 slugging. It's a 69 weighted runs created plus, which is literally by far the worst in Major League Baseball over those two years combined. And it's a 900 plate appearance sample. So we're not talking like, oh, in 200 plate appearances, he was bad. We're talking almost a thousand plate appearances of being the worst hitter in baseball. And so a lot of people are mentioning Cody Bellinger as a Giants target potentially. And I understand it. And I get even if he's not good at the plate, the defense and the speed and the base running and all that can be valuable. But I just want to go on record and to have fans who are listening to this be prepared. If you're interested in Bellinger, that's fine. I understand why. And it's unprecedented. Like the rise and fall of Bellinger is kind of crazy. But are you prepared for him to potentially be by far the worst hitter in in Major League Baseball. And if you are, and you're cool with it, and he shows up and he's the worst hitter in the game, then you got to be cool with it because you were cool with it. But that is literally what he has been over his last 900 plate appearances. And to me, I'd rather just go out and get a guy who's not got that downside. Now, if the price is right, why not? But if 
you know, it's not the Dodgers are not just going to give this guy away. So I would imagine like more likely than not, they find a way to keep him in the mix. But also, like if they just release him into free agency, why would he want to come to the Giants of all places trying to rebuild offensive value? There's so many better places to hit than San Francisco for a left-handed hitter. So maybe the only way you can really guarantee yourself of getting Cody Bellinger is if you trade for him. And then you're likely to have to pay him $18 million to possibly be the worst hitter in the game. Like Tommy LaStella has been significantly better offensively than uh, Cody Bellinger over the last two seasons defense matters base running matters and Lestella hasn't been good at either of those either and Bellinger has but I'm just saying like he's been I think we're like underrating how bad he's been at the plate but he's 27 and he's a couple years removed from being the MVP and being great I mean before these last two years what did Cody Bellinger do before the last two seasons in all his years combined, he had a 137 weighted runs created plus in 2083 plate appearances, 16.6 Fangraphs wins above replacement. He was a monster, one of the best players in the game. So it's a super interesting case, and we're going to find out something today. Is he traded? Is he non-tendered? Or did the Dodgers decide to bring him back in some capacity? We will have resolution by five. I understand, like, I wouldn't be, like, upset if the Giants picked him up, but you've got to believe that he can improve a little bit, at least offensively, in order for it to make any sense. If you think this is just who he is now, then it doesn't make sense, in my opinion, and why not just go after someone who can actually hit a little bit and play some defense? So anyway, that is all the time we have for today. Thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen today. For your next listen, check out the Locked on Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the sports page in podcast form, local experts on the biggest stories every day. It's really fantastic, so check it out. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. Check me out on Twitter, at Ben Kaspik, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. It helps me out a lot, so thanks in advance, and thank you to everyone who's done so already. Can't wait to be with you again on Monday. A lot of news going to happen over the next few days. So uh, can't wait for it. Thanks again for listening. You are now Locked on Giants.